I remember the incident that we're probably going to get into, yeah. but uh, not an incident, you know, just a <laughs> yeah, situation. I know it makes it sound silly. But, uh, CD. Hello and welcome to WNC Original Music, episode 165, The Bus I Rode in Middle School Edition. This week is a very special episode for a couple of different reasons. First, uh, the main guest is Taylor Maxson, my good friend and former collaborator, still occasional collaborator, and we're going to be talking about a lot of his songs and also uh, one that I helped uh, help collaborate on a little bit, so very excited about that, but also talking about his other stuff. And also, this will be the first episode with a regular music reviews from Allison Price. Allison's going to be joining the podcast as a regular music reviewer. She's going to be uh, listening to albums and giving her a uh, very insightful input on them. So very happy to have Allison on board. Taylor Maxson is a singer-songwriter from Asheville. His uh, influences include Jeff Tweedy, Wilco, uh, The Silver Jews, and many other bands. But he has his own unique sound, uh, both through his songwriting and his uh, just, I think, wonderful voice. I think you will too. Here is Taylor Maxson. Break the rules, we'll 
like the speed of light We'll show them all how it's done We'll save the day And stay up all night And meet the world shining bright We'll be the boss Make sure it's done right We'll show them boys how to fight We'll break our own ground We'll pass some lessons down We'll be the biggest news in town Do you remember this? I came to you yeah, and to, to a certain friend of yeah. ours, Emily Spring, and just had a, a, I guess it was just like, yeah, I had a dream and here's the thing. And I yeah. played it, the, you know, which is again, like, has that happened to you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where you're like, there's the song, there's lyrics and melodies, like, just came right from nowhere. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the subconscious, where the hell else could that come from? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what that was. And then I think I had like a verse and then you and I sat at your house at one point and mm-hmm. kind of hammered out. What exactly is this song about? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it turned out in the in the end that I think my wife pointed this out. Actually, this was this was written kind of smack dab in the period when we were we were working on adoption. Hmm. And I think it's like a it's a song to the little girl that I might ha- father. I think that's the first thing you told me. You said, "Did I say?" You said, you "I have some that? some ideas, but the main thing is it's me talking to." Yeah. To okay. This little. So girl I was aware of it. At who the time. I think is my. I think I like. So maybe you talked to her before you talked yeah. to me. But that's the first thing you told me, and I like everything else came out of came out of that. Yeah, and it's kind of it's a funny little song. It's like almost yeah. like it's like a girl power. Yeah. Song. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like yeah. where a forty. I think I was like forty-one. Right. Funny forty-one-year-old man right. does that, but I, I kind of like that thing. I, I like the idea of breaking stereotypes and just you know whatever. Just just. Listening to what comes to me and not necessarily having feeling like it has to fit a category mm-hmm. or whatever. It had an inter- the the um, the both the chord structure and the the rhythm uh, was different. Not different, not just different for you, but kind of a like I don't know that I could like pin it down to a um, genre or a rhythm that yeah. that I've heard before. So it kind of fits that it maybe came out of a dream without kind of being your the way you would routinely do something. That's interesting. You know? yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I thought it sounded a little bit like the Black Keys or something. Mm-hmm. Like if you like, like maybe not the acoustic-y version, but I think in my head, I was like imagining a Black Keys song. Oh. Are you familiar with their work? Yeah. Yeah. I would never have like, I could hear made that connection, being, though. Yeah, no, it seems yeah. odd, but I think I could hear it being done on like keyboard or... Maybe I'll, uh, I mean, of course, that's the... Listen to version. some Black Keys and just... Yeah. Well, I was thinking maybe on this episode, I'll, I mean, I have the yeah. studio version we did. Maybe oh, yeah, I'll add that there in you go. That's well. right. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. And get my get me on the podcast yeah. <laughs> once in <a> <laughs> Not like you aren't yeah. already. Yeah. Well, just um, voice. Yeah, but I actually really like that. That song, I think, is a, just a well-constructed song. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird. It doesn't really have a chorus. Um, it yeah. just kind of unfolds. And, and see, now there you go. Uh, that's definitely me. I liked... Uh, Further back than like going far back, I always liked. Um, I mean, I'm not like 
I was definitely not like an avant-garde type of kid, but mm. I liked, um, I both appreciated classical song form, like traditional song form, like Dylan and Beatles and that type of stuff. But I also like John Fahey and like mm. weird like uh, guitar stuff. And again, like Wyndham Hill and stuff that like, it's almost, again, more like classical where there's repeating motifs, motifs and stuff, but then sometimes songs just unfold. Right. And then later, I, again, bringing up Wilco again, like, I saw that in like Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, mm-hmm. which is like still a really traditional song form, but also broken and fragmented a little bit. Yeah. Not like crazy, just fragmented a little bit. Right, right. Um, and that that's always spoken to me. I've always so I think that song is inspired not specifically by Wilco, but just by um, I don't know. Uh, I like fractured uh, things, and mm-hmm. I think that that wouldn't speak to everybody. I think like I played that for my brother, and he's like, "I don't get it. Oh, I just yeah. don't get it." Yeah. I was like, "Okay, you don't have to get it. It's fine." He didn't like he. I think he. I think he was saying, "Hey, you should. This you need a verse and a chorus and a verse and a chorus and a bridge and then uh-huh. do an outro. Like that's what makes sense to me." Yeah, and and that's I get that. I totally yeah. get that. Um, but I mean, something like um, uh, this is like maybe the most, maybe more common thing is um, is uh, the Queen song, um, opera. Uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. whatever that's called. Uh, I have a bad memory for that. For like, um, yeah, you know, some golden lightning. For yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that song is all over the place. It goes, I mean, way more than this one. Yeah, and it's a huge totally. Say, you know, oh no, that's so, right, absolutely right. That's yeah. right. No, that's true actually. But you know what? They told they, they even say this in the movie. They were like, "You're effing crazy, right?" I this mean, is never. Yeah, gonna... I'm sure there's resistance. Yeah, to it, and I mean, there's resistance. So like, it's almost that song is almost, um, it's almost a. A curiosity hmm. uh, because like when you hear that that's actually what draws you in because right. it starts off so weird the the operetta part mm-hmm. is is so weird like it's not just that it's different that it doesn't have a structure it's that it's so unstructured that that lack of structure that chaos there draws you in where you're like are they freaking singing opera yeah I mean, we'll turn that up a little bit yeah, you know, yeah what's no. going on there and then the opera stops and then all of a sudden it's hard rock, yep, you know, yep. and then all of a sudden he's playing piano and crying and stuff like right, that. Right, you know? right, right. So uh, Totally. Well, I'm glad you're pointing that out because yeah. then there was like Electric Light Orchestra. A lot, there oh, were yeah. bands in the 70s that were, and probably in the 60s and even before, yeah. who were doing this stuff. Yeah. Like they were breaking open the song form and, and um, kind of doing it their own way and exploding the idea that it has to have a rigid folk structure, etc. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... And I think maybe that's why, like, I think I, and then what I started to do is I got a little older, like I was writing songs again in my teens and twenties. They were freaking weird. And like I said, based in like John Fahey and like weird out tunings and, and I'd, I'd play them at open mics and people would be like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow, you're a great musician. Um, yeah. What is that? Yeah. I just don't think it made any sense. I mean, there, there are songs you're going to get the first time and there's songs you're going to get the 20th time, but right. you're going to love them more. Totally. Like, uh, and, and like with, um. Uh, again, back to the Queen song, which is, I guess, nameless. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny we both... I don't want to put yeah. too much energy into thinking about the title this at crazy. this moment. It, I, I do. Yeah. I'm, but I'm going to I'm actually proud we can't think of it. Uh, but, you know, Wayne's World, like, revived that song. Yeah. You know, um, and, and it became like a sing-along. And that's part of it. It's a sing-along song. Yeah. It has a sing-along part, and then it has, you know, parts that are definitely not. Uh, I would never have actually put Where You Going in the same... Conversation with oh, that really? song. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're equally good. Intersong here. I think they're. Yeah, they're, <laughs> I'm gonna take just 
10 seconds and see if I can remember it. But he never, and I don't think he ever says the name of it, right? It's like, easy come, easy go, will you let me go? Bismillah, no, I will not let him go. Well, what does it say that we can't think of the title, but we could name every lyric yeah, and tell, yeah. you know, down, 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 The title doesn't matter. I think it's called Evil Things. I think that's awesome. I think you might be right. Oh my God, it's driving me crazy. Isn't that about a little boy who builds a tower of the moon? I think it is. Yeah. Get the best of it Raising all the boots when the tide hits This one here is testament To how in time the dream gets bent This man's seen his bad back Smokers, cops, and heart attacks A cooler in a rusty Pontiac Somehow he still comes and goes Where are we? Seven mile forward, we will still be here when the whole thing's done. Where are we gonna go? Only home that we've ever known. Living here, it's been me. Seven mile four, seven mile four. 
seven mile Ford is, um, man, it's as simple as it gets. Uh, I wanted a song that had a pretty traditional folk structure. Mm -hmm. I saw, uh, we were driving back and forth to Roanoke, Virginia, where my dad lives a bunch on 81 and anybody who's done that drive, it's a beautiful drive, has seen the signs for seven mile Ford, which is just a exit. And the, that town, actually, there's a town near it that's a total um, burnt out post-industrial town. What is it? I'm not going to tell you. All right. You know what's you, funny, too? You do that to me. It's the name of the movie. Oh, Jesus. It's Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. yeah. I just had to. That's really funny. Yeah. So uh, on 81, there's, there's an, a couple of exits where you see these like burnt out... Uh, Railroad towns mm-hmm. that you know were lost to the economy in the, probably in the '60s or '70s, and yeah. like they've just kind of withered. <clears throat> and, and there's a couple of those towns that are like wedged perfectly off the highway off 81 between the railroad and the highway, and they're just like it's just this wedge of land that's like trailer parks and, um, you know, gro- like grocery stores and um, bars, mm-hmm. like like cheap country bar type of places. Yeah, and and then, like, one little section of, like, nice houses, and then a lot of strip mall. It's just sad-looking yeah. American town. And it's almost like you're looking at it, almost like it's, like, the Game of Thrones introduction where you're looking above the, you know? Oh, yeah. It's like you're getting this, everybody's... You get a bird's-eye view. And yeah, you, you you've got this bird's-eye view, so it's this weird public spectacle. Yeah. And uh, nothing against Seven Mile Ford. In fact, I think it's one of the nicer towns. But I just used it because it... The, the Seven Mile Ford had the ring to it. Yeah, yeah. But it's a couple of towns close to Seven Mile Ford, a little further back on the highway that have that feel. That's another thing. Like Once you have that title, that could be a song about somebody who got killed in Seven Mile Ford. That is true. Uh, drowned. Yep, I mean, yep. that, the whole town could have been washed away in a flood. Yeah, yeah. the depression. Totally. You know, that fits a lot of, lot of stuff. That's right. And I, mean, in the, in I, and I make it deliberately vague. It's more scenic. So it's like mm-hmm. it drops in on a guy. Yep. It just drops right in. It's like... A, it's the town. Some towns get the best of it, uh, raising all boats when the tide hits. This one here is a testament to, to how in time a dream gets bent. This man's seen his bad backs, smokers' coughs, and heart attacks. A cooler in a rusty Pontiac. Somehow he still comes and goes. I like the idea of like drop in on the. I want to. I want to see the rusty Pontiac. Yeah. What's in the cooler? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Miller Lite, right. of course. Uh, this guy's had several heart attacks. He's drinking beer. He's still going to work. Uh, somehow, uh-huh. it's just and it's so. And then the next one moves on to you know it's like uh, then it kind of generalizes to the town and it zooms in on a woman in a in a like a clerk in the pharmacy who's scratching off mm. you know lottery tickets and it's just that's I'm interested in I'm interested in vignette and and, and this is why I love uh, Jason Isbell. He's a great he's a great songwriter who does this really well. Oh yeah, yeah. very inspiring. Um, uh, kind of a almost a short story writer yeah. who writes songs. He cuts out a piece of a of place. Yes, and cuts out a piece of time or a length of time. Exactly, there and explain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's like and you're really in it and you can feel that feel the time and space and place. I love that kind of stuff. So, yeah. lots of other great people who do that. But. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, and where is that place? It's uh, it's on it's in Virginia on off eighty one, uh, kind of, not far from rural retreat, kind of north of there. Mm. 
not too far, a few hours from here. More from Taylor in just a few moments. want to remind you that you can find Taylor at taylormaxson.bandcamp.com. Also search for him on Spotify and all the other streaming services, and we'll have other links in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Just look for WNC Original Music or go to wncoriginalmusic.com or just Google WNC Original Music. If something weird comes up there, just uh, send me a note about that. Before we do this first review from Allison Price in this new segment, I want to tell you a little bit about her. She is a singer-songwriter, an actor, a model, and an illustrator. Uh, she's now based in Atlanta, Georgia, although she, um, when I met her, she was in Asheville, North Carolina, and she still comes back here occasionally. We'll have links in the show notes uh, to follow her on social media and her many endeavors. And here's her first review. Thank you for listening to WNC Original Music. My name is Allison Price. And I'm happy to announce the first review of an album that was submitted to us. So today we're reviewing the album Buzz of Beads by Stephen Evans and the True Grits. Reminiscent of the American Beauty era sound of the Grateful Dead, the newest album released from Stephen Evans and the True Grits is a sunny, warm listen. Buzz of Bees includes 12 original songs, and the Asheville, North Carolina-based folk rock group manages to include a rich and diverse instrumentation throughout the album. One of the standout tracks, Winning the Day, features lyrics that explore the possibility of past lives and returning to where you came from over and over again. This introspective focus of the poetry appears on each song as you listen through Buzz of Bees, and I truly enjoyed the references to nature and the heartbeat of the wilderness that exists even within the smallest things. To look Another aspect of this album that stood out was the intricate instrumentation with influences of bluegrass, country, and indie roots rock elements. Several songs, such as Filigree and Estefania, incorporate beautiful fiddle lines and world music elements, which are refreshing additions to the overall landscape of the album. My only critique of Buzz of Bees would be that I wish the vocals had been more prominent so I could hear the lyrics interact with the instrumentation more deeply. But overall, I highly recommend this album for those who enjoy folk rock, poetic lyricism, and an engaging sense of fun. The album is a journey through different stages of life, confusion, heartache, revelation, and acceptance. And I think it would be perfectly paired with a sunny summer day outdoors, with something delicious to eat or drink to accompany you on the path. Hi, this is Jesse from the Get Right Band. You're listening to WNC Original Music.
fun and i played yeah. this because it's fun because we co-wrote it and yeah. so um yeah so uh ron remembers we were at a a friend of ours uh house uh having dinner and she'd invited another friend and obviously her name's olivia i think it's I think we're like it's like a small part it was like yeah 10 or 12 it was like oh yeah that's right yeah, there's yeah. probably a few and then it ended up being you and me yeah, and like yeah. her and our friend emily and like her boyfriend at the time john i think Ultimately, correct? Uh, I don't you know, know. It doesn't matter. You know, actually, I wrote in here a note that I um, I remember the incident that we're probably going to get into. Yeah. 
But uh, <laughs> not an incident, you know, just yeah, situation. I know it makes it sound so. But uh, but seedy. I have lost track of like what is what really happened versus what we just kind of right. imagined up for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I thought she was there by herself. She was okay. She was. She was there by okay. herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she drank a couple a couple too many. Right. Uh, a bottle or two of wine got opened, and we just were there until maybe nine or ten p.m. And then we split, yeah. and then we found out later that she had shed her dress. Right. Yeah. Left their house in the middle of the night, and this place she was, was supposed like, to. She was going to. She's supposed over. to sleep over. Right. She was going to crash there. And, and this was the brilliance of it. This was your. I mean, this was great. You, yeah. you as a songwriter, nailed it. Like I don't mm. know that I would have thought about this. Uh, but anyway, so like, like interesting details like that. Apparently, her bl- a blanket, the blanket from the bed at that house ends up out in the street, and this is like. And her clothes were left there. Clothes are in the house. Yeah. Blanket out somewhere. Like they drive around and they find the blanket or maybe in the driveway. Right. So she's like shedding clothes in this blanket. She drives away and there's just that there's just these like clues of like where did Olivia go? And uh Yeah, and Emily, our friend who whose house it was (laughs) it's such a great they they didn't know, they thought she might have wandered out. They didn't realize she had driven home. Right. At the time, because I think at the time we found out about it, I think she let us know the next day. They at the time didn't know. They didn't know what happened. To what her. had happened? Yeah, I think they were like, "Did she get in y'all's trunk or yeah. something?" And, <laughs> totally. Know, just, but uh, so you said, uh, like, uh, not probably that same week. Like, uh, what happened to Olivia? That's the song right yeah, there. Yeah. It's like, oh, totally. Yeah, and I, I re- think you had. I mean, you had that chord progression. I had a riff. Yeah, yeah, and it was totally different. And I changed it to fit that, and then I wrote that first verse, and I think that then we all launched from there together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Though. <laughs> it was fun times. I love stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's good. It was good stuff. I remember thinking because uh, then we had a, we had a show and we thought she might be there. And she we were was. like, was she at the show? Yeah, she was at the show. I don't remember that either. Yeah, she came. Yeah, yeah. She was really she's a super sweet person. Yeah, and she loved it. it yeah, no, she was yeah. in no way yeah. uh, disturbed or upset. I, well, she didn't say she was. Right, right. Maybe she was. Maybe she's like stabbing. I got a lot of, of hangups that next week. I don't know. <laughs> Just yeah. yeah, but that's. I think it's a good example of like. Where that I was talking earlier about how you have to have inputs, right? Songs don't come from nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think some people sit and just. I think some people are like lightning rods for song, like poets and songwriters who do who can. I mean, even they have inputs, but I think it can be really improvisational for some people. Mm-hmm. It just comes, and it's more like just right out of their mood. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be sort of like to me, like Sharon Van Etten. Who's I don't know if you've listened to her stuff, but oh, she's such a great songwriter. But it, I think she sits in her li- her kitchen. No, she's like <laughs> oh, lives okay. in New York. Okay. I think she sits in her kitchen and it just comes to her, uh-huh. and then she lyric after lyric, and then they tend to be very personal. They tend to be first person, etc. That's a good example of like watch what's happening around you and in the world, and you're, a good song idea will present itself. Yeah, and yeah. then the whole song just sort of jumped into the world. Yeah, like, there it is. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that was real cool. Yeah, how that came out. and the the whole song is it's one of those songs that um, like it's a little bluesy, yeah, but not so bluesy enough not to realize that we're just talking about privileged white people. You know, it's not <laughs> indeed. It's not you know, it's not real bluesy. Yeah, like there's a serious thing. It's just a you know brief misunderstanding. Right. Yeah. I always yeah. thought of like Nora. Is it Nora Jones? Mm-hmm. Like you know, sunrise, yeah. sunrise. I could hear it produced in that. Oh yeah, yeah. Kind of. You know, female oh. voice, 
we probably got half the story wrong just then talking about it because it's because it's changed so much it, talking yeah. about it. yeah no you're probably right yeah. Example of a lot of guitarists or people who maybe write songs but who started as guitarists will get this. 
sometimes you just get a melody out of the guitar line and that just takes over and becomes the uh the, the melodic through line and that's what happened that song i just had a like a the main uh engine of the song sort of down down and that um i think i started doing on the guitar at the same time sort of a it was just a guitar melody and i was like oh Lucy, uh, I'll write a song about, you know, kind of like a like a, a song I would imagine in the country genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I could see uh, it being sung by a woman, actually. I might have even thought I was writing it for our friend Emily at the time. I don't remember. But but the it was it was one of those things where it was like, I have this title. I want it to be about Lucy. So who is she and why? Who's talking about her? Yeah. And then it became, you start asking questions. And the, each question leads to the next thing, right? So it's like, who's talking about her? Oh, this this character. Oh, this character's a little dangerous. Maybe he's a stalker. Yeah. Um, how has he interacted with her? What is he looking for? How has she interacted? That kind of thing. Yeah. So my my wife hates that song. She thinks oh, it's she? awful. She doesn't oh. think it's a bad song. She thinks it's uh, scary. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, it is a little scary. Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, like, it's not like it comes from some desire to stalk people. It's, I remember talking about, like, how like how far should it go. Right. Like, should it... That's should, right. Should it become dangerous right. or should it become... Should it be pleasantly annoying or should it be somehow endearing? Right. Or, that's right. you know, should that's it right. go really dark? That's um, right. That because I was thing. writing it around the time we were all playing together. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, that's true. So it went dark. Because <laughs> yeah, ultimately yeah. that last chorus is like... Uh, through the window, mm-hmm. staring in at you, you know. So, yeah. it was like, but it was still not like it's a suggestion of danger, but not necessarily. Right, right. I remember yeah. we played it somewhere. I can't, I can't quite remember where we played it, but it was uh, right around the time there was that scandal in Asheville with the guys who owned. Um, oh, dude, I think they owned a bar or no, maybe it was a, a restaurant. Coffee shop, waking life. Coffee shop. Yeah, I'm just gonna use and they were like French with those douchebags. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. yeah, and so it was, we were like, "Is it too close to that?" You know, like, but it, I mean, it wasn't. But yeah. I think I think we played it one time. You said something about like this was written a long time ago. <laughs> it's not not these guys. I'm, I'm hoping yeah. that like my girl power song, yeah, and yeah. undiscovered with its female right. protagonist, migrant yeah. female protagonist, yeah. cancels out the yeah. yeah. The well, when you put it on the album, put put Lucy first, so then it's like the arc is is a positive arc, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, then there's a whole other subject right there. You you say somewhat cajolingly when you put it on the album. It's like. I actually did record it in a bunch of other songs in a mm. studio. Oh, yeah. um, and, and here again, it's like that tendency to um, quickly want to move on and see other shiny things. Mm-hmm. So like, I really would actually like to, I mean, in this day and age records albums don't mean much, but like, I don't find at this point, like I don't, I don't find streaming a very appealing medium I mean, it's easy to, this could sound really snobby really fast. I don't want to sound snobby, but this is how I feel. And and it's just how it is now. But like, I really am one of those people, maybe it's being in the forties that like, like a lot of people is very sentimental about records and about why, like, you know, about vinyl <laughs> records yeah, and like yeah. <clears throat> about a whole, pro- a complete product and, and a whole um, interactive experience with a, with a piece of art that's also music and that stuff I love. So I got less excited. I was like, well, I could do a CD, but then where am I doing it? Like, where am I playing it? Like, I, I mean, um, and I think that like, there's this whole question of what's the, I've heard 
another songwriter I really like, Sufjan Stevens, mm-hmm. who's yeah. one of my favorite contemporary kind of folk. Yeah. In the mode of the folk songwriter. Um, who uh, also has broken that and done some really interesting things too. He talks a lot about how he's he's at a point where he's like, I don't know that I want to produce any more music for people. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't make it a lot. No, yeah. he's very it's very few and far between. Yeah. And, and and you tell like his last record was grief about a death of his mother. It's so mm-hmm. personal. Mm-hmm. I don't think he can help himself. I think he does it because it's therapy. But he said, I don't consider my music art. I just thought that's weird. Like God, it's so art. It is. You're such an artist. Yeah. But for him, it's like it's it's more like it just comes out in, um, I think almost more like a religious. You know, he has a very religious kind of right. life. It almost comes out more as like a religious, like a gospel. Hmm. I think for him, and if it comes, it comes. And I'm in no way. I'm not comparing myself to him, but I'm just saying I've heard him speak about you're this. Comparing idea. yourself to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm uh, misunderstood. He has a sweet and lyrical voice. Mine's a little not quite as sweet and lyrical. Uh, but in any case, I, th- I thought it was interesting what he said. He was like, I'm at this place where I've made all these songs and made all this music for the public, and it's not been very satisfying for me. He doesn't feel really fulfilled, like he really accomplished a lot. I just think that's interesting because um, what is it? Like, do we have to have an audience and play tour? And mm. I mean, like a lot of us just sort of lumber away yeah. in our little studio rooms, right? I like I like this. No, no. Let's keep the explosions in there. Are those zombies out there? Is that is that a human leg? Um, they're unloading, literally unloading big pieces of metal. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I'm, I'm but yeah. I mean, there's I, a lot of people who do that. Who who um, you know, they work full time jobs and they put out music. I mean, they're they have streaming music, right? Um, and they are not um, just not inclined to. Because there, there's a there's a there's a amount of work and amount you have to put up with that maybe depending either on your personality yeah. or your station in life not station not like you're not good enough but but like where you are in life mm-hmm. that you're like here's what I will do and then here's what I don't want to do and it would be great if somebody gave me this yeah. you know up higher for the this yes but um yes but I'm not going to do the stuff in between yeah and, and it really you're keying in on and it's a lot of it's ambition and yeah. work you have yeah. to. You have to have that kind of personality and that attitude, and it's usually the people who are talented, but also put in a lot, are ambitious and put mm-hmm. in a lot of work. There are a few true geniuses to me, like in music, who just like they're just in a league of their own, and they're just yeah. and even them, a lot of them aren't really. I, I think of people like Jim O'Rourke, who I don't know if you know much about him, but he's like mm-hmm. songwriter and producer. He produced Yanko yeah, Del Foxtrot, but he also oh, does all his own really weird, cool music. Right. Uh, and there are people like that, but I don't see myself that way at all. I, I just, I'm not very ambitious, but I do love music and I do actually like performing. I'm, I'm getting closer to a place where I'm really getting comfortable with it. Mm. Like I would, I don't think I would have been comfortable doing this five years ago. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, and, but the, I would say that like rooted in social anxiety and performance anxiety. I just, I, I was so uncomfortable with putting it out there for yeah. so long. Yeah. And I know a lot of songwriters feel this way. Even oh, sure. people who are professional performers and songwriters yeah. struggle with it. Yeah. So. Okay, I want to thank Taylor for being on the podcast. That's part three. Make sure to go back and listen to uh, part one and part two with Taylor. All equally interesting and entertaining. You can find him at taylormaxon.bandcamp.com and also uh, search Taylor Maxon on Spotify and all the streaming channels. And probably not Netflix. 
honestly. Also, I want to thank Allison Price for uh, joining the team and doing these reviews. I'm really looking forward to what she's got coming. So you can um, see a lot of stuff with that. Uh, email to uh, send in your album to be reviewed. Do not, do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, just search WNC Original Music. And for the closing song this week, I'm actually going to reach back a little bit to the first song in this episode. And uh, this is going to be the studio version that uh, Taylor and Emily Spring and I did for the song Where Are You Going? I hope you enjoy it. Have a good week.
Uh, I'm or, not going to say Booyah. Okay. <laughs>